Yeah, like I said, my name is Paul, one of the elders here in the church. <laughs> you usually sit there, like, oh, that's my wife, Gabby. Um, and uh, I, I, was, I, was thinking, I was thinking about a joke the other day of uh, a guy called Mike Davies. Well, it's not a joke, it's a funny story that happened. So they were working, you know, if you know, if you know Mike Davies, he's one of the elders in Josh Chen, he works into Brazil a bit, and um, he was, they were, like, years ago, they were working in Brazil. And um, he tells a story. Obviously, if you go to Brazil, they speak Portuguese, I think. Yeah? So now they go and they speak, I mean, we speak English, they speak Portuguese. And so there's someone that needs to translate. So uh, Mike Davids would preach, and then the other person would be like standing here also for Mike, and then he would say what he says, and then they would go line for line. And it obviously gets quite long. And now this was a new church. They were looking into partnering with 412, so they're quite skeptical, you know, like you usually are. I mean, maybe it's your first time here this Sunday, and you're also going like, let me just check the guys out. Do you want to make sure? So now you want to you, you make sure that you put your best foot forward, you know. And Mike Davis was like, okay, we need to impress them. So, like, not impress, but, you know, they need to see that we hold on to the Bible. And he was saying, you know, in, in 412, we believe in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. And the guy was translating and the way he translated it, it was, we believe in the Bible, more or less, <laughs> right? <laughs> and as he said it, the, the, you could see everyone's eyes just going like, what's, what's wrong now? And then afterwards, he, he find, found out that the guy <laughs> completely mistranslated what he said, because that's quite a big difference. You know, nothing more, nothing less, and more or less, it's the world's apart. And, and, and that's a funny thing about languages, isn't it? I mean, there's so many, so many different languages. I was, I was doing some research uh, you know, if you, if you do a Google search, you'll find a lot of different, um, uh, you know, numbers and stuff. But there's a, about like around 7,000 languages in, in the world. You know, you know the, I think in 20-something it was 6,900 and now it's 7,000-something. So I'll just say about 7,000 different languages. I mean, I can speak two. And one of them, I kind of speak. Afrikaans, no, I'm you know? I mean, uh, how many languages, uh, who can speak three languages here? Anyone? Okay. And lift up your hands, I won't ask you which, okay. Uh, four languages, anyone can do four? We've got four, okay. Five languages, who can do five languages? Okay, okay. Six languages. Okay, 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 we go. Seven languages. Okay, we, we're back to two. Eight languages. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So eight, eight's the max here. Because actually, in, in South Africa, we've got, I'm, I'm going to say 11 official languages. Everyone that does sign language is going to tune me and say, no, it's 12. But you don't speak sign language, do you? I mean, you. So. <laughs> anyway. Um, oh, sorry. Um, so, and I want to preach this, this morning on, on tongues, actually. Right? On, on languages. The gift of tongues. What is it? Because, I mean, just in... In South Africa, we've got nine different, uh, 11 or 12 different languages. Yeah. Uh, we've got 7,000 in the world. There's so many languages. And I want to start off with a, with a scripture in Genesis 11, because I want to give you guys background. So it reads, it's a bit small there, I'll, I'll read you. So what happens here, this is, maybe you've heard the story of the Tower of, of um, Babel or, or Babylon. Maybe you've heard this story. Um, so I'll read. The whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. Imagine that. Imagine we had the same language throughout the whole earth. Wouldn't it be so cool? I mean, you can go to the Netherlands and understand what they say. You can go to Ireland and understand what they say. Because there they say they speak English, but it's like, hee, 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 Yeah, that was like a car that's idling. You know, you have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> you know? Uh, so, 
Imagine one language. Wouldn't it be great? Uh, that's one of the big struggles for me in South Africa is I often want to reach out to so many people, but I honestly, we get lost in translation. And there's like a, um, I mean, I even get lost in translation of some of the people from like the no like Northern Cape, you know, in the Makwaland. They speak Afrikaans, but I have no idea what they're saying. Now, it's even the same language, but not the same vocabulary. It's like differences. And for those of you that are Afrikaans, maybe, you know, other languages as well, but have you, I, I remember growing up understanding Afrikaans, I mean, this, this was like matric first year there, so it's, it's not like when I was, you know. And someone would quote, an, or say, quote Afrikaans scripture, so they would read Afrikaans Bible. And I'd be sitting there like, how do you spell that? I need to Google, I don't know what that word means. You know? Anyway, they had the same language and vocabulary. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, come, let's make oven-fired bricks. They used bricks for stone and... Um, as asphalt from water. And they said, come, let's build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let's make a name for ourselves. Isn't, isn't that like, isn't that the one thing that is at the core of all us as humans, that we want to make a name for ourselves? I say, if you want to make a name for yourself, that's where the problem starts. And that's where their problems started. They wanted to make a name for themselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered throughout the earth. Then the Lord came down to look over the city. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the humans were building. The Lord said, if they have begun to do this as one people, all having the same language, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Can I just stop there? If we could get there, we don't need to speak the same language physically, but if we can speak the same language like metaphorically, now, if, if we can be on the same page, if we can be as one man, God goes like, there's nothing that can stop this group of people. God literally looks at these people and says, like, there's nothing that can stop them. They're so united that they're going to do stuff that I don't want them to do. Imagine a church where God kind of says that in a good way. He looks at, imagine he looks at Josh Chen, Bloom, and goes like, they're so united. Like, I'm the only one that can stop this. Like, only God needs to separate the unity. It's like nothing can get in between because we're speaking the same language. You know, it's, it's like one of those things I've spoken to so many people and then um, someone would ask me a question, uh, do, do, does your church believe in the gifts of the Spirit? Okay, well, first of all, depends by what you mean by that. Because what you mean with the gift of the Spirit and what I mean with the gift of the Spirit could be two different things. Because we might speak the same language, but do we have the same vocabulary? Do we understand? Do we, you know that metaphorical do we speak the same language? Do we understand what we mean when we say the words? So we, and this is like a complete side point. Let us be a church that aims to be like that, that we speak the same language. Speak whatever language you want, but that we, in our hearts, we connect it, that we understand one another. And can I say that only happens through rubbing shoulders of people. The more time you spend with people, have you seen it, right? I'm sure you've seen this. Let's say, uh, you can ask my wife, whenever I go somewhere or I get to meet someone new, I, I might hear some of the words they use, I might hear some of the things that they say, and I start, I start learning those things on. Like there was, a, there was a time I used to say kif a lot, huh? like that's kif, and then what's some of the other words I've used? Lekker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or when you go to Joburg, it's like but. So whenever we go to Joburg for something, I come back like, hey, how's a but? You know, it's just, and I kind of feel cool because I've, you know, I've learned a new boot. <laughs> where, where was I? 
uh, okay, verse 7. Come, let's go down, get down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. So the Lord, so from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth, and they stopped building the city. Therefore it's called Babylon. For there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there the Lord scattered them throughout the earth. Because you know what happened? Jesus told, oh, you know, God told Adam and Eve, you know, go and fill the earth, so subdue the earth, go forth and multiply. And these people were, they were traveling, and at one point they stopped. And they said, we're going to build ourselves a city here because we don't want to go any further. We don't want to actually fill the earth, like God said. And then they do their own thing, and God says, okay, well, I'll, I will scatter you. So God then starts all these languages. Imagine we're in a conversation. All of a sudden, someone starts speaking Portuguese and um, French and Irish and, you know, all these... The, <laughs> no, it's not English. That's <laughs> different. And uh, they, they, we spot, all, you start speaking these different languages. You kind of go like, I have no idea what's going on. I, I, I can see what I just left. They're building the city. I mean, building in itself is already like a, a corpse here. You know, it's like a bit of a... And now there's, people are not understanding one another. You walk into the place and like, ah, oh, the wall shouldn't be there. But he's like, onale, onale. And you have no idea what's going on. Like, Whatever. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> yeah, let me just get the people that speak my language and we're out. So then they scattered. And this is quite a significant thing in the Bible because this is the point where things start going, every guy goes their own route. This is where people started fighting for themselves more than they kind of used to. Now it's different languages against one another and this guy doesn't like that guy and this tribe and that tribe. And it gets quite bad. And I say that is, it's actually where we see the birth of Babylon. And so straight through the Bible, in, in, in Revelation and this and there and Daniel, you see all these pictures of that um, God would say Babylon is this metaphorical evilness. That's like the stronghold of the devil. And at its core, it is what? Let's make a name for ourselves. The start of Babylon is let's make a name for ourselves. And then things just go like pretty bad. But then we see the reverse of it in Acts 2, verse 1 to 12. I'll read it here. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in different languages, as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under the heavens. When this sound, am I through the scriptures? Not yet. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in their own language. They were astonished and amazed, saying, "Look, aren't all look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans?" And then it lists like a bunch of places they're from. You know, Judea, you know, Asia. Egypt, you know, the Cretans, Arab, you know, the, the, it says the Arabs. We heard them from verse 11. We heard them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongue. They were all astonished and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they're drunk on new wine. So we see in Babylon, God separating people. It's like, you, you're not doing what I want you to do. You're like in unity, but in the wrong direction. He, he brings the, like, different languages. And then in Acts 2, at the birth of the church, what's the first thing he does? He proclaims the gospel in every language. It's like a symbolic thing of, I'm bringing everyone back together again. 
It's like he gives this gift of tongues. Like, a, imagine we've got a group of people and randomly we all start praying in different languages. Imagine, wouldn't that be like crazy? And, and then there's people in this congregation that might maybe hear it. For instance, let's say Hoya and Adam stand here and they start praying and some of you hear them praying in Sutu. And because they're praying in Sutu, they don't understand it. I don't know. Do you understand it? Yeah. And, then just, and now you, start, you understand it. Or they start praying English. Or I start praying English. I don't understand it, so it must be... <laughs> I'm kidding. So we see like a, a, like a reversal of this. It's actually so cool. The first thing God does is like, I'm going to bring this thing of proclaiming the gospel in every language. This is God restoring the division through the gift of tongues. Now, I want to um, say this, I'll, let me, I'll explain. The, the gift of tongues is quite like a controversial topic. You know? um, if you don't think it's controversial, controversial, it's because you haven't heard on the topic. Um, it's very, people are divided. There are so many people that say different things like this and that, and his tongues this and his tongues that. But if we would look at the Bible without our own ideas, without our own um, prejudice, if we would go to the Bible with the sole purpose of, Lord, I want to read the word, understand what you mean, and believe that, then I think we can be on the same page. But if I go looking in the Bible to justify my stance, that's where we start losing the plot. So I want, I want to ask you, whatever idea you have of tongues, take it out of your mind, put it under your seat, you can pick it up later. But hear me out on this. And I'll go through scriptures to explain what I mean. So we see in the Bible now, the, the tongues that I, well, we see in the Bible four different kinds of tongues. So the, you know, and I'll, I'll show you what I mean. So most of it will, we find in, in Jude, we find scriptures on tongues, in um, Romans, we find, but most of it is in 1 Corinthians 14, 12 to 14, but most of it is in 14. So if you want to do like an intense study on this, go through 1 Corinthians 14, and I, I already know what you're thinking. Yeah, Paul, I already did that. I've, I've, I've done this whole thing of, of um, going through 1 Corinthians 14, and I know the scriptures. I know, I know what to quote, I know, but can I ask you this? You don't need to answer but do you know it, or did you watch a YouTube video about it? Do you know, think of it, because I've watched many YouTube videos saying many different things about the same scripture. And the problem is you get these guys that create a YouTube channel with the sole purpose of proving everyone else wrong. The sole purpose of this guy's YouTube channel is showing you all the bad in Christianity. And then they call themselves a Christian. And then they call themselves these, what do they call themselves? Like... Um, discerning ministries and I've got a discernment ministry and that's my YouTube channel I make videos about this guy that fell and that wrong belief and this heresy and that I'm like do you know that the Bible says whatever is good whatever is pleasing whatever is honorable think of these things and you literally make YouTube videos only thinking about the bad things I kind of like I'm uh, yes I don't know eh? now there is place where we speak about watch out for this but if you're if your way of making income is going after people that fall, going after people that are dodge, wouldn't it, it, it raises some questions in my heart. Like you only here to show all the bad things, you know? So be wary of those YouTube channels. I'm serious. Because I've been there. Ask Gaia. I've, I've been down that rabbit hole of watching all these discernment videos and, you know, um, and it's, it's cool because their, their thumbnail, you know, that intro picture, it's usually like them looking like this with a slogan. You know? 
Did this church just commit heresy? You know, that's the slogan. You know? Why I left this church? That's their slogans. I'm like, yo, <laughs> not a lot of, yeah. Anyway, different types of tongues. So the first type of tongue we see is a tongue, tongues that are as a sign. Tongues for a sign. We read 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. Speaking in tongues then, is it intended as a sign? Not for believers, but for unbelievers. So firstly, Paul is saying, and this is what we see in Acts 2, is it's, a, it's, a, it's tongues for a sign. You're walking down the street and someone starts speaking in tongues and it's your language. It's a sign. It's God doing something miraculous. It's this like billboard that God puts out there like I'm trying to get your attention. I've, I once heard the story of a, of a lady. Um, years ago we were in the same church. She once was on outreach in some, I don't know, India or some random country. And she was just walking and she felt she wanted to start praying in tongues. And she started praying in tongues, but loudly, not like shouting it, but just like you would normally pray. She was walking, praying in tongues. And she saw the tour guide looking at her, eyes going like, and then running off. I'm not exactly sure how that looked, but he left, right? And then she's like, okay, this is confusing. And then later they found the tour guide and asked him, what, what happened? Like, what's wrong? And she said, the tour guide said, you were starting to speak in my own language. And, and it was something basically... I can't remember the exact story, but she then said stuff like, God is looking for you. Why have you done this and this? Why are you running away from me? It's like, do it, like, almost like saying stuff that she shouldn't even know in a language she doesn't even know. And this guy goes like, wow, that's a sign. That's a sign that God is real. For that guy, it's tongues as a sign. And I mean, he got saved, I think. Well, I would. <laughs> if someone starts speaking this my tongue and they don't understand it, Yo, I mean, she was just walking, no, no idea what's happening. So that's the first tongue. The second tongue, types of tongue, and, and, um, is heavenly languages. And I'll e elaborate on that, but the, the second, third, and fourth are basically the same, just so that you know, more or less. And I'm oversimplifying it, but it's not that exact um, science, but that's the point of teaching, isn't it? It's trying to make something digestible. So try and digest with me. In 1 Corinthians 13, so just to give you context here, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 12, he writes, oh, this is the spiritual gifts and each one has got this gift and that gift and I know the scripture that you're thinking of to all speaking tongues and we'll get there, right? And he's saying all these things and then he does 1 Corinthians 13 where he says, but if we don't have love, all these gifts are useless. And then he goes back to Corinthians 14. And he keeps speaking about the gifts and how we use them and how they look practically within the church. So he does this amazing, let's call it a love sandwich, where he puts love in the middle of the two gifts. Just saying like, well, let's speak about the gifts. Guys, remember, without love, all this is useless. And then he keeps on speaking about the gifts. But he makes this analogy. He says, if I speak in human or angelic tongues, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. Now, why would he use this as an example if it's not something worth using as an example. Does that make sense? He's saying, if I speak in human languages or if I speak in uh, angelic languages, if I speak in heavenly languages, if I don't have love, it means nothing. So he uses this as a quite viable option. He's not saying this to, to over-exaggerate. He's saying this, this could, you, know, you could be speaking in this type of tongue or this type of tongue, but remember love. Remember love. And it's cool because he says, if we don't have love, I, I'm, I'm like a noisy gong, a clanging cymbal. Have you seen someone praying in tongues often? 
It looks a bit like a clanging symbol. Sounds a bit like a clanging symbol. You know, because that's the point of tongues. I have no idea what you say. Sounds like when Miles was amening on your <laughs> what you were saying. It's a bit like a it is what I mean. It's we have no idea. So it it sounds foreign to us. It sounds strange. It sounds funny even. So it's heavenly languages. One Corinthians fourteen, twenty six to twenty eight. What then, brothers and sisters? Whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything is to be done for building up. If anyone speaks in a tongue, there ought to be only one, or only two, or at the most three. Each in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no interpreter, that person is to keep silent in the church and speak to himself and God. Now I know you're saying, oh Paul, he just said, only two or three max. But the point here is he starts off by saying, whenever you come together, each one has a hymn, so he, a, a song and a revelation. So he, what he's saying, on a Sunday morning when you come together, each one has a gift that you can bring. You know, when someone brings a prophetic word, a prophetic song, someone brings this revelation. You know? So the second types of tongue is this heavenly language, but it's tongues for interpretation. So it's tongues that needs to be interpreted for a Sunday public meeting. And I'm sure if you've been, longer, if you've been with us long enough, you've seen someone come up, and start speaking in tongues over the mic. And then the point is, someone needs to interpret. And can I say this? It's interpret, not translate. Just an interesting observation. It's not like someone needs to translate, who speaks that language? No, no, it's we need to interpret it. Have you seen on the movies, they've got this painting you know, on the wall, and it's like, they look at the painting like, hmm. They're, they're doing like, it's interpretive art. They're interpreting what's the artist saying through this painting. That painting is not saying a word. That painting is not written in a language. But they're interpreting what's the thing behind it. Have you seen interpretive dancing? Peter said he's going to show us some... Okay, okay. You know, interpretive dancing, you do the... Whatever. And it's like, oh, it's, it's symbolic. You know, it's, it's the, the joust of man trying to find his woman or whatever they interpret. There's no words, there's no language, but it's interpretive. Do you know what I mean? So tongues, likewise, is interpreted like that. So I want to challenge you. The next time someone speaks in tongues over the mic, don't just zone out. Ask God for interpretation. Ask God, God, what are you saying through this? Because what it does, it pulls you in. You're active. You're thinking, okay, what is God doing? Because what's happening? Now we're all searching. What's God doing? We're all activated. We're all looking. Where's God going? What is He doing? And then when the interpretation comes, boom, that's where it is. And don't be, don't be shy. You can come up, whoever's leading me, I feel God saying this, this, and this through that word. And if the others go like, mm, uh, this doesn't resonate, it doesn't feel like it witnesses, cool. We've had times where it's like two, three, four people, I feel, I feel it's this. Mm, I don't know. And then someone comes, I feel it's this. And it's just like, oh, man, it's like, you feel that the Holy Spirit's on that thing. I say, oh, yes, that's, that's where God is. And then we share that interpretation, and it's just, wow. God just spoke. Why does he do that? I don't know. He's God. He can do what he wants. Like, I know it's, a, <laughs> it's an easy thing to say. Oh, God can do what he wants. But he can. I remember growing up, my, my mom used to say, when uh, I would write my exams, now, and she would, used to, she would used to tell me, okay, if you study hard, you, if you really study hard and you understand this, you can master this math exam. You can, you cannot be mystery, you cannot, you'll, you'll like understand it. So the concept was this, once I fully understand, I have mastered something. If I fully understand something, it is beneath me. 
I have, I've, I understand it, I understood it, I know how to control it, I know how it works. But straight through the Bible we see God is the only one that knows us. He's the one that has mastered us. He's the one that knows. We look at him, we kind of go like, wow, yo, why do you do this? I have no idea. Why have you designed it like this? I have no idea, but it works. It works, God. So the second one is tongues that are interpreted. And I want to say that is for a public setting like on a Sunday or on a, you know, on a community setting. So when Paul is saying only two or three, he's not saying I'm making a rule if, they, if I catch you doing four tongues on a Sunday. You know? The whole point of 1 Corinthians 12 to 14 is he's correcting overuse of a certain gift. He's saying, guys, I know you like the tongues and you, everyone's doing tongues every Sunday and they're going back and forth. But remember prophecy. In fact, at the end, and I'll read it later, he says, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Keep speaking in tongues. He encourages them, keep doing it. But remember prophecy. So he's correcting. So it was written for a certain group of people that needed be, to be corrected. Now, if we get there, we'll correct you. If we go like, yes, guys, every Sunday, there's like 10 guys going. And it's also different. We've got a mic. They didn't have a mic. I'm sure one guy went there shouting in tongues, and then that guy, and then... You know, it's maybe the guy from the back to start speaking in tongues. It's almost like he throws out this dare, like, here's a tongue, good luck, you know. That's not the point. So just so you know, don't use that as an excuse saying, oh, why are we all... So if we're in a prayer meeting, and that's when we get to the next tongue. If we're in a prayer meeting and we're praying in tongues, all of us, don't go like, five, six, it's already doubled what the Bible said. Because that's not the point. The point's for a public Sunday meeting, Okay. But the same is with prophecy. He goes and he says the same thing with prophecy. Two or three max. Because the point is there was no order. So he's bringing order. Guys, do two or three, process the word, and then go on. Could you imagine we do worship and we do 20 songs? I can guarantee you. I can give you like a, a police stamp on it. And you will come to us afterwards and say, we, yo, guys, 20 songs. That was a marathon. <laughs> Like, I can't do 20 songs. Really, you guys need to do a bit less. We can't go worship for three hours. I can guarantee you, almost every, every one of you would say that. I would say that, to be honest. I would go to the elders like, yes, Owens. <laughs> like, let's, sure, let's like four, five. It's a good time. Let's have a nice worship time. Next Sunday, we can do it again. That's when there's needing correction. We've, we've had a time with the worship team where we said, guys, maybe, maybe add one or two songs, you know. Two songs in a set is maybe a <laughs> we've got more time to worship, you know, so go for it. So we're constantly correcting. What's the correcting being needed? The third one is tongues for intercession. Tongues for intercession. Now, this would also be, I would understand, and now we're moving to more like a personal. So, the first two is public for the unbeliever as a sign and for the church to, to be interpreted. Now we're going into a personal tongue. Romans 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for, what we want to pray for as we should. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with inter, um, inexpressible groaning. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because He intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. This is like, we don't know what to pray. Have you, have you found that? Have you ever, ever gotten to a place where you just like, you don't know what to do anymore? Like, you just feel discouraged. You just feel broken. You just feel, you have no idea. You feel like, I don't even, I, I've had those times where you're sitting, you're going to have quiet time at home, and you don't even know where to start. It's like, oh, I just feel defeated, you know. 
And like, we don't know what we should pray. But then as we start praying in tongues, as we start praying in tongues, it's like the Holy Spirit enabling us. It's like the Holy Spirit kind of like praying through us. He's not praying through us. It's us praying. But it's like Him giving us the word. As we're, as we're praying in tongues, we don't know what we're praying. Like we don't. But the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows what we're praying. And He gives us the words. And um, He's interceding on our behalf. And it's, it says this, um, inexpressible groanings. And I've kind of seen prayer meetings from afar. You know, I've, I haven't necessarily been in so many prayer meetings like that. But imagine a prayer meeting where people go, oh, you know, we're like crying out to God and it's like messy. And it's like, I'm sure, so, you know, honestly, a couple of years ago, if I would join a prayer meeting and guys go like, oh, and, and travailing and crying out to God, I'd go like, I'm going to leave. <laughs> this is a bit strange. But it's in the Bible. It's like we, we, we're crying. We're pouring out our heart before God. We don't know what to do. We're praying in tongues. And so this, this is intercession. And I've heard stories. I think some, I don't, might be some of you actually told me the story where you just felt an urge to pray in tongues. And you start praying in tongues. You just keep praying in tongues. Keep praying in tongues. The next day, you find out someone was in trouble in that time you were praying in tongues. What was happening? The Holy Spirit was saying, you need to intercede for someone. But you don't know what to pray for. You don't know who to pray for, but let me just pray in tongues. Because as I'm praying in tongues, I'm interceding for someone. I, I, personally, I find sometimes I'll be praying in tongues and it, the, it's almost like I feel that the tongues start getting a bit like, I don't know, Arabic. Or like, you know, a bit of a, bit of a I don't know, no, I don't want to say Jewish. But it feels a bit like Middle Eastern, you know. And I don't know, maybe I'm praying for someone there. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm praying for something there. Some of you, you've prayed and it sounds like yours. It sounds like you're speaking French. I know, for those of you that know Milani, whenever she prays in tongues, it sounds like French. Yeah? It's just like, it's like, <laughs> yeah? It's, 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 and it's weird. We just, we just, whatever the Holy Spirit enables us to do, we go. And you'll find as you start praying in tongues, you'll, you'll have this, in the start, it's, it's difficult, I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a bit awkward. You've got all the, all the things that I'll cover now, and you feel, what if it's fake? And uh, the devil comes, and he's, oh, you're just making sounds, and, and you're afraid of what people think. But as you go over those hurdles, eventually, you get this freedom to just express yourself. You get this freedom to just pray in tongues, and whatever you feel like doing, you just go as the Holy Spirit's carrying you. And then intercede. You might very well be interceding for a family member. You might be sitting in like, I, I just feel an urge to pray in tongues. What if you're praying for your sibling to get saved? I don't know. Maybe that's what's on God's heart. Maybe you've got a family member that's in trouble. Maybe there's a church member somewhere that's in trouble and you're interceding for them. And as you're interceding, God starts moving. As you're interceding, I don't know. Look, I'm not making this as a statement, but I've just been thinking. What if as I'm speaking or as I'm praying in tongues, I'm praying in this heavenly language maybe. What if as I'm praying, it's like I'm giving commands to angels. Now, even that in itself is loaded. So I'm not saying that. But what if? What if I'm doing these things and the angels are going like, okay, because you know there's, a, there's an army of God? You know heaven's got an army of angels that move? You know there's a scripture of angels ministering to Jesus? You know angels are ministering spirits, the Bible says? What does that mean? I don't know. But they're doing stuff. What if as I'm praying, angels start doing stuff in the unseen realm? What if as I'm start praying, God moves? I don't know what to pray for, but I pray in tongues and God starts moving. And I've seen... When we pray in tongues, when I pray in tongues, God starts to move. So that's more your intercession type. And then the last one is tongues for personal prayer. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 14. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? Will I, 
I will pray with my spirit and I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing praise with the spirit and I also sing praise with my understanding. If you've asked the question, why do guys sing in tongues? Because the Bible says it. So why not? Paul is saying, when I pray in tongues, now this is my personal prayer, so I sit at home, I pray, or I'm in worship and I'm praying, I'm at prayer meeting and I'm praying in tongues, so this is meant for, for between me and God, right? Now, generally, if I pray in tongues, I wouldn't go like, there's a little, I'll put some volume to it, because it just, that's how you would usually pray. Like, even if I pray normally, I wouldn't just go like, I would like put a little volume to it, because I'm praying, you know? So, I'm, now I'm starting to pray I don't know, maybe it's just me. So Paul is saying, when you pray in tongues, your mind is unfruitful. You have no idea what's going on. Like, I mean, you know you're praying in tongues, but you're just praying in tongues, and you start thinking about something, and I've done it. You know, sometimes I'm driving, and I'm just praying in tongues, and I'm thinking about whatever. Now, I would encourage you, is try and take your thoughts captive. Don't let your mind wander off too much. Settle your mind, and then give it freedom. Like, as you start praying in tongues, you start maybe, you, let's say I'm praying in tongues, and I just start thinking of heart. I just think of God. Can I keep praying in tongues? And as I'm praying in tongues, it's as if I get the interpretation myself. And I look at it just now. Where Paul says, if you pray in tongues, ask the Lord for the interpretation yourself. So I'm praying. So he says, I'm praying with my spirit. But I also pray with understanding. So I start praying. God comes to mind. I keep praying in tongues. And all of a sudden, I just, I just feel this urge to pray for his business, for instance, or whatever. And I, and I start praying for his business. And I just start praying for him. And maybe I get a prophetic word for him. My voice says, hey, God, I was praying for you. I thought God saying this. And he's going through the time of his life. He's like, yes, thank you. That, that word really helps. And you were praying in tongues. All of a sudden, God says, I want to use you. And that's why I pray a lot um, in, in tongues in worship. Because I'm worshiping, but I'm praying in tongues. So I can worship God. I can think about God. I can focus on God. I'm praying in tongues. All of a sudden, it feels like He's starting to speak to me. It's like it, it drops. These, it's like the interpretation comes to my own mind. This is what God's doing. This is what He wants to do. We will even sing in the Spirit. That's a good thing. I love singing. Like, it's just like singing in tongues. I've heard Will Murray, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. He used to say, he, he, he had this thing. He said, he would pray in tongues so much, he would get bored. And then he starts to rap it. Starts rapping in tongues. I was quite an older guy. He was in his 60s. I can't imagine how that looks. <laughs> but that's the point. God has given us this amazing gift to use, to, to hear His voice, to build intimacy with Him, to um, see the kingdom advancing. Use it in whatever way we can. Let's go for it. Make it fun for yourself. You can. It's like Paul doesn't say, oh, you, you know, use it like this. It's fun. Use the gifts. Use it. In fact, I think if we don't use a gift, if we don't use the gift of tongues, I think God looks at us going like, I've given you this gift and you're unfaithful. I'm just thinking, of, I don't have the scripture here, but that story of the, of the three people with the talents, he gives this amount of talents to this one, he gives a bit less, and then he gives a bit less. The first two multiply it, and then the last one, he doesn't use the talents, he doesn't use the gifts, he doesn't use the thing God has given him. God comes and he says, take the talents from that wicked servant, Give it to the one that's got more. And throw him outside where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think like, yes, Lord. That's a scary scripture. Use the gifts, God. Whatever God has given you, whatever God has given you the responsibility of, use it. If you, I'm, and I'm, I'm preaching on tongues, but I mean, it's everything. If you've got a gift of prophecy, if you've got a gift of music, if, you've got a, if you have a gift of making money, use it for God. I'm like, I'm serious. You can actually be unfaithful by not making enough money. If God has given you a gift of making money. Now, it's not the majority. Uh, I don't think, I think everyone passed me 
<laughs> I wasn't in the right queue for that one. <laughs> no? But God, will, maybe what if He wants to? And even if I say that, I'm sure all the YouTube videos that you've watched. <laughs> yeah, the prosperity preacher now. It's not. What if He wants to bless you? What if He wants to bless you so you can bless others? You would be unfaithful if you don't do it. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 2. For the person who speaks in a tongue is not speaking to people but to God, since no one understands him. He speaks mysteries in the Spirit. Do you remember the first scripture I read? Tongues are as a sign to unbelievers. He says, Paul says, tongues are a sign to people. And then later he says, tongues are not for people, it's for God. And you're thinking, Paul, are you, are you doing something you shouldn't? <laughs> you're doing the, you know. It's like, why, you're contradicting yourself. No, he's not. You see, because if you didn't understand that there's different kinds of tongues, we would miss this whole point. Isn't it? Uh, do you know how many times I've read through this and not noticed that small difference? On the one hand, he says it's, it's for a sign, and then he says it's not for people, but it's between you guys. You're thinking, most of us just read over that, not notice it. But it's because it's two different types of things. The one is a language for people that they hear in their own language. The other one is me connecting with God. One speaking in tongues does not just speak to people, but he speaks to God. Since no one understands him, he speaks mysteries in the Spirit. He speaks mysteries in the Spirit. I want to encourage you. This is, this is probably the tongue that most of us would, would get in interaction with. It's like this personal prayer tongue. Now, that leads us to the next question, the one that I'm sure at least like 30% of you are thinking. Can everyone speak in tongues? Can everyone speak in tongues? Can I tell you what I believe? I believe yes. I'm a Pentecostal at heart, so I believe, everyone, I believe everyone can speak in tongues. And now you're thinking of the scripture? Huh? You're thinking of the scripture? I know you are. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 29. If anyone... Uh, is it the right one? Might have put the... Huh? Missed some of it. Okay, some of it was deliberate. I'll read it here. Can anyone speak in tongues? So 1 Corinthians 12 verse 29, the, the scripture that you guys are thinking of. Do all do miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? So Paul is asking this rhetorical question. The answer for Paul is no, if you're wondering. Paul is saying, do all speak in tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. Do all do miracles? No. But did you notice that Paul says, do all and not can all? Because there's a difference. He says, do all, do it. Can I say this? And, and you would say, well, oh, Paul, tongues is a gift. And, and Corinthians 12 says, the Holy Spirit gives the gifts as He pleases. Okay, fair enough. But do you know that the Bible also says that salvation is a gift? Do you know that? Salvation is a gift. Now, are all saved? No. Can all get saved? Yes. So it's a thing of, do people actually take hold of the gospel of Jesus? Because Paul says, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire the spiritual gifts. And look, I want to say this. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not a lesser Christian. I'm saying, I'm, I'm really, I'm saying that you're not less than the one that speaks in tongues. So just settle that. 
I'm not saying you're a B-grade Christian if you don't speak in tongues. Because tongues is not fruit of the Spirit. It's not you know, love, patience, this, 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 and tongues. You, the sign of being full of the Spirit is fruit of the Spirit. But you might very well be full of the Spirit and missing out on something God wants to give you. You might very well just not be yielding to the river. And I want to say that is okay. God's not going to, you know, he, he understands our struggles. He understands all the thoughts that we have. So I'm saying it again. It's not like whenever we want someone to be on leadership, let's say we want Hoya to be on leadership. <laughs> I'm kidding. And let's say we have a conversation with him. Generally, we want to understand where is he at, you know, what's the things that he's going through. But we, we don't go like, do you pray in tongues? Because if not, it's just going down the rankings. And it's not, honest, for me, that's not even think, something I'm thinking of. It's like, I don't want to say I don't care, because I do. That's why I'm doing a lot of research and doing this preach. But if you don't, it's okay. So settle that. Don't, don't be offended. If you are offended, don't be offended, because I said you're not a less, less of a Christian. But why not? Why not? Why wouldn't you want to be, why wouldn't you want to take hold of this gift that God has? Why not? And especially with this thing of do all speaking tongues, I think what Paul is doing there is he's saying, do all come here on a Sunday bringing a tongue? No. Because that person doesn't have the gift to bring that the morning. That's the same. Do, do all of you prophesy every morning here? No. Just max three. To be honest. Maybe one or two send you a WhatsApp in a week. But I honestly believe all of you can hear God's voice. All of you should be hearing God's voice, by the way. And all of you can hear God's voice for someone and can say, this is what God is saying. That's, you're prophesying. This is a very loaded thing there. But at its core, all of you can prophesy, hearing God's voice and say it. So, can all of you do miracles? Uh, maybe. Go and pray for someone and see. It's like that thing I like saying. You miss 100% of the chances you don't take. So, if you're not going to pray for people to get healed, you're not going to see any healings. So, don't go like, oh, well, it's only like one guy that's got the gift. No. Don't go like, oh, there's only two people that's got the... No, try. If you're not going for anything... We're living in a culture where everyone sits on the sideline and saying, they're doing this, they're doing that. Huh? Isn't it? You remember the Rugby World Cup? How many of you did it? Huh? Rasi, Nia, Nimani, Nia. Oh, they put Vali Leroux on, and then everyone goes, oh, Vali! <laughs> I, 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 was, I was like, yeah, he can't catch the ball. I'm, I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure if he passed the ball to me, I would also drop it. <laughs> you know? But we live in a culture of watching television, saying, oh, they're doing that wrong, they're doing that wrong. Get in the field. Try. Get in there. Because once you go for it, you'll see, okay, cool, we're starting to go. I've never found someone that prays in tongues and are like, regretting it. I've only heard people that do not pray in tongues justify it. <laughs> like, this is just plain statistics that I've done. <laughs> uh, to be honest, like, I've, I've never seen someone complain like, I'm praying in tongues. It's not for everyone. I've only seen people that pray for tongues encourage other people to pray for tongues. Does that make sense? Like, people that pray in tongues go like, whoa! Uh, like the first, you know, first bit you're a bit confused. Once you go for it, you're like, whoa, God is moving. This is building me up. It's like God is real. Come on, guys. And then you get the guys, maybe, and look, I understand. I've been there. I've been at places where they pray for me, and then it's like, I pray for you. 
And then I'm like, I don't even, don't pray for me again. Now I know we get this like spiritual PTSD, like we do. Someone prays you for tongues and they pressure you a bit and now you feel awkward and I don't, you know, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's not for me. Understand that, I do. And I'm sorry if that happens to you. And I'm sorry that it did happen to you. But don't, like, you need to get over that PTSD. You need to deal with that thing. You need to say, God, help me forgive those people that, that, that hurt me. And I want to go again. I want to try. Because that's the type of people God's looking for. Those that, when we get knocked down, we get up again. It's like that song. That's a, I don't, don't want to sing it. Cause. In 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5, Paul says this. I don't, I don't think I have it up there. Now I want... No, I actually do have it up there. Let me remember. No, no, I don't have it up there. <laughs> okay. uh, now I want you all to speak in tongues. Paul saying 1 Corinthians 14 verse 5. If you want to check me out, go read it. Now I want you all to speak in tongues. Just uh, leave that scripture for later. <laughs> I want you all to speak in tongues. Is it, and it's not, it doesn't help we say, oh, that's Paul. No, this is God speaking through Paul. What if, it, what if this is God saying, I want you all to speak in tongues? Now you might say, oh, well, you know, a different translation said, I wish you all could speak in tongues. It's the same thing as saying, I wish you all could just speak in tongues, man. It's not like I'm questioning, can you? It's a better translation is, I wish you all would speak in tongues. Like, go for it. Man, just go for it. This is the heart of Paul the Apostle. And guys, and later on, one of the other verses says, I, I pray in tongues more than any of you. I think it's in verse 4. Go check it out. Paul saying, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than any of you. And I want to say, it, you know, I like statistics. Paul says he prays in tongues more than any of us. And I'm assuming he's, you know, comparing that to us as well. I don't know if you've noticed, but Paul also wrote more scripture than any of us. <laughs> so I'm just, you know, I'm not saying the more you pray in tongues, you'll write scripture, but it seems to be a connection of him praying in tongues and being used by God, understanding the mysteries of God. Benefits of tongues, we have it here, yeah. 1 Corinthians 14, I'm coming into land. 1 Corinthians 14, that's oh, a... Is that uh, Corinthians 1 of Paul? Ah, okay. Let me read it here. So I added some of the scriptures later on. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 4. The person who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. I wish all of you would speak in tongues, but even more that you would prophesy. So the person that speaks in tongues builds himself up. Now in the Greek word there, I'm not going to quote it, but the Greek word, there's my Greek word for the preach. It speaks of building something, building something up. It speaks about like making room. It, it's like if we would break down this wall and build an extra room, we would say we're building up this place. We're, we're like giving it an upgrade. We're, we're building. So I want to say this. If the more you pray in tongues, the more room you start to build to house the presence of God. I, I've seen that. The more you pray in tongues, the more it's like metaphorically, obviously, um, you know, this is a result of praying in tongues, guys. Building myself up. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. The more we pray in tongues, we build ourselves up spiritually. It's like we're making room and the presence of God is there. And I've seen it. Uh, you know, Osma, a practical example. Osma, we went on an outreach last year. She couldn't come. I, I went. 
I was with uh, Quinton, Teresa, you're the only from our congregation I went. And we had this thing every day. We're going to pray in tongues for 10 minutes. Call it a, a 10 minute tongue time. It should have been a 10 minute tongue twister. And uh, we prayed in tongues every morning. And when I came back from the outreach, I remember Gabby going, like, whoa. Like, you were away for like two, three weeks. And it felt like you were advancing like a year spiritually. Just like, you know, that was one of the conversations we had. It's like, whoa, it feels like we're on different pages now because we've just been praying in tongues. It feels like the housing of the presence of God was more. I want to encourage you, pray in tongues. It builds you up. It edifies you. Yeah? So the first point of tongues is, well, you know, what's the benefits? Of it? it builds you up. Now the second one is, we don't know what to pray. And that Roman scripture that I read, we don't know what to pray. Always. Pray in tongues. You'll see God starting to lay on your heart what's the things you need to pray for. The third one is it brings rest and it keeps us in the love of God. This is the scripture I want to read. So it's Jude 20, so it's Jude 1 verse 20. There's only one chapter in Jude. Uh, but you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Christ to bring you to eternity. Do you realize what he's saying here? He's saying, guys, by doing this, keep yourself in God's love. It's the same as him saying, by going to the gym, lose some weight. Does that make sense? So by you know, building yourselves up, by building yourselves up in you know, the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, he's saying, so build yourself up, edify yourself. That scripture in, in Corinthians that we read, you know, tongues is edifying yourselves. By edifying yourself, by praying in the Holy Spirit, by praying in tongues. Now, yes, this doesn't just mean tongues. It means like I hear what's on the Holy Spirit's heart, but it's mostly tongues. At least. Keep yourself in God's love. What I find whenever I let slip praying in tongues, and it happens. I've, I've gone, oftentimes I go like a week or two without praying in tongues. It, that, it, for those of you that do pray in tongues, have you seen that? Just ask yourself, when last did you pray in tongues? Don't, you don't need to answer me. Just ask yourself. Except now this morning, maybe in worship. Like before that, when did you pray in tongues? Like, I mean, you'd probably go, uh, maybe Friday morning when I had quiet time, or maybe like Tuesday, or... Because I know, I'm also in that same boat. We forget. But the more I pray in tongues, the more I feel like it keeps me in the love of God. Or it keeps me aware of the love of God at least. Maybe, let me say it like that. It keeps me aware of the love of God. And when I pray in tongues, it's like rest is there. It's like I'm connected with God. It's like prayer happens where I pray things that I don't even know I should be praying. And it brings rest. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures on the whole resting in tongues, but it's like just too complicated to do that all. But tongues brings rest. If you feel burnt out, I want to encourage you, pray in tongues. Pray in tongues. Chances are, if you're getting tired, if you're feeling now, look, I understand there's burning out because of life and stuff. But if you really feel, pray in tongues again. Just take 20 minutes. Now, yes, there's practical things that we can do and we need to manage our lives. But at its core, if you just take 20 minutes a day, 10 minutes a day, pray in tongues. You'll start to see, it's like you start clawing yourself out of that hole of tiredness. Like, ah, oh, feel refreshed. Feel back in God's presence. And the last benefit of tongues is, man, there's a connection that happens between us and God. When we pray in tongues, there's, there's, re- there's like this real connection that I've seen firsthand and I've seen through people's lives around me. When I pray in tongues, when I've seen people pray in tongues, it's like the connection of God grows. Really. 
I, I don't mean this like as an insulting statement, but I've only seen people that pray in tongues grow. Yes, they're going through stuff, but the growth trajectory with people that pray in tongues and people that don't, often people that pray in tongues just shoot past. Like it's, and I don't mean that condescending. It's just what I've seen. And I'm saying this, guys, this is amazing for you. Let's go for it. And I'll, and I'll finish with this. So I'm finished. I'm landing. I've landed. <laughs> I'll make a call. I'll make a call for us now. I, I, yeah, I'm going to call for two groups of people. And just so that you start thinking so long, the second group of people that I'll speak to is, if you're trusting God, maybe you've had some bad experiences. You know, you've like, people have prayed for you, nothing has happened. And you're like, you know what? Nah, tongues is not for me. Look, maybe. M- maybe not. Maybe it is a gift that only certain people have. But why, if that is the case, why wouldn't you want to try? Why wouldn't you, like the Bible says, eagerly desire? I remember growing up, I couldn't prophesy, I couldn't, Prophesying something happened in the past. Like I, there's, I really struggled to pr- prophesy, right? And I remember just reading 1 Corinthians 14 going like, eagerly desire the spiritual gift, especially prophecy. I remember reading it going like, well, God said it, so I'm desiring it. And I just kept on desiring it. And I read books about it. And I prayed about it. And I chatted to people about it. And I kept praying about it and desiring it. And slowly but surely that thing developed. Where now I really feel like it's one of the gifts that I've got, is to prophesy. But I had to like, yes, Lord, I'm pleading for it. It's like that persistent widow. You remember the preach I did for those of you who were here on miracles? Yeah, the persistent widow that just goes back and asks, God, I'm, I'm back again. I want this. You can be like that with tongues. You can go, God, I'm eagerly desiring again. Or whatever gift, but I want to encourage you in tongues. But don't let bad experiences hold you back. So maybe you, you're here this morning and you, you're saying, you know, I've got some bad experiences, but I want to give it a try again. I want, I want to trust God again. I want to say, God, I want to open up my heart again. Maybe that's you. Maybe you just want to pray in tongues. You know, you don't have any bad experiences. You just say, yes, I'm in. I'm keen. I didn't know that I can actually desire this. Huh? Maybe that's you. Or maybe you do pray in tongues, but you've kind of forgotten about it. You know, maybe a month or two ago is the last time you've prayed in tongues. It happens. It happens. I've gone maybe a month or two without praying in tongues. Because just, you just kind of, it just slips your mind. Maybe that's you. And God wants to encourage you, hey, remember this gift. Remember this blessing that I've given you to connect. Remember this thing that edifies you. That's another reason why I believe everyone can do it. Why would God give four of you a gift that edifies them and the rest of you need to sickle? Like, no, man. He's got this thing that we can all, it builds us up. I know. The Bible says He's a good God, a good God that knows how to give good gifts. He knows to give us the things that will build us up. So maybe you're in that group saying, you know what, I've, I've, I've let slipped it. So I want you to, I'm mentioning it in the start so that you can start thinking. What group are you in? And look, maybe you do pray in tongues, and that's fine. You don't need prayer. You, you're like, just keep praying in tongues. Maybe you, don't, maybe you don't want to pray in tongues. That's fine. If you believe in Jesus and you follow him and you are full of the Holy Spirit, great. Let's keep following God. I'm not, we're not going to put you out of the church because you don't pray in tongues. But before we go there, I don't know if everyone is, you know, knows Jesus here. Um, Where's Albert? He does know Jesus. Could you jump on the guitar, bro, please? Larue, you can also, if you don't mind. Well, on the keys. <laughs> um, why don't we all close our eyes?